Hello, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Kenita Skripsma, and I'm the founder and CEO of SEMA Global Consulting. You can find out more about what we do on the web and um, at our website at semaglobalconsulting.com. We are passionate about growing forward together. And so I am your host here at Growing Forward Together, and I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. Um, we are full into season three at the moment and having a lot of fun. Um, a few major things have happened in my personal story over the last year. And the one I will share with you right now is pretty significant. So in at the earlier um, part of this year, um, I was able to release my first, my second book, my, my apologies, um, my second book called I Am Third, Redeeming the Pain. And uh, this can be found on Amazon in the USA and Canada. And for those living in India here, um, I have several copies on hand as well. So please connect with me about that if you're interested. And this particular book is about our story of adoption and parenting and how we navigated those waters. And um, a lot of the things that we learned, we we just felt very strongly that we want to share with other people. Um, and it wasn't just our successes, but often our failures too. And for fellow parents listening here today, um, you can also appreciate that we do have a lot of failures, but it's important that we focus on some of the successes. And so we try to capture all of that in the context of our story um, and put it all in a book. And so in every adoption story, there are many people intimately involved, right? There are the bio parents, bio relatives, adoptive parents, foster parents, families, um, you know, and then you add to that adoption agencies and services all around to help support the process and the child or the children involved. And so when we have so many people involved, um, often what happens is people forget where the story started. And so the very first decision begins with the birth mom when she chooses adoption for her child. And there are multiple reasons why a mother would choose that this route. And so, you know, my strong belief is that we should not judge, but we should choose to walk alongside um, in any way that we can. And so as you read my book, you'll discover that I am an adoptive parent, and I hope that you'll be encouraged by that um, and, the, and the ups and downs of that as well, and how um, our story and we grew forward in that together. And so without further ado, I am over the top excited about my guest today. Um, she has been a friend for over 15 years, and we have been, um, our paths crossed in a very unique way and eventually became a blessing to both of us. Um, we have held confidences for each other and encouraged and supported one another through some of life's altering situations in our respective stories. And one of these life-altering situations that took place before I met this guest, um, it became a narrative that would encourage me in my journey as an adoptive parent. Sue is a mother who chose adoption for her son over 20 years ago. And, you know, as I was thinking about the title of this podcast, I debated about making the title a birth mother's journey to adoption. But truth be told, the reality is that their journey doesn't stop there. It grows through the adoption process. And so please join me in welcoming Sue Hinojosa as our special guest today. She is a friend, a mom, a daughter, a sister, a widow, a birth mom, 
and a woman who just is really passionate about life um, and helping others grow forward together as well. Pardon the pun. Um, but I just want you to meet Sue today. She is a podcast host for Adoption Associates as well, um, along with her full-time job. So she juggles a lot, a lot, a lot. And before I give too much more away, please join me in welcoming Sue. Hi, Sue. It's good to see you. Oh, Kanita, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. Absolutely. Girl, we've got so much to catch up on. So we'll do our best to stay on topic, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So, hey, can we just dive right in? I'm sure a lot of people are just dying to hear, um, you know, your story and how and why you chose adoption for your son. Can you just give us a little backstory so we can you can shape the narrative the way you would like to? Absolutely. Um, so... <clears throat> I don't even, I mean, I'm just going to start. So uh, I'm a sophomore in high school and um, was involved in a, a casual relationship, if you will. And um, we decided that we would take our uh, relationships to that level of being intimate with each other. And lo and behold, I, I got pregnant. Um, <clears throat> unique situation with my pregnancy is that I chose not to tell anybody. Um, I walked my entire pregnancy by myself. Um, uh, my best friend didn't know. My mom didn't know. The The casual boyfriend didn't know. Um, I hid it from absolutely everyone. And so um, there was lots of, um, there's a naive part of being 15, 16 years old and walking through that. I told myself a lot of times if I'm pregnant. Um, so going, um, I, I remember I was at work and um, I thought to myself, oh, wow, like something's going on. So fast forward about 24 hours, um, my parents took me to the emergency room and um, I about five hours later delivered a healthy eight pound, seven ounce baby boy. Um, so my parents found out the night I went into labor um, and there was lots of emotion and lots of, oh my goodness, why didn't you tell me? Um, <clears throat> so what my process in the adoption going forward into the adoption journey was I'm con that's considered a safe delivery. Went to the hospital. I had no pre-medical um, care. They had no idea what he was, you know, if there would be any medical medical conditions with him. So um, after labor and all of that, my mom asked me like, "What what are you thinking?" And I knew the entire time going through that pregnancy was if I'm pregnant, this is what I need to do. So it was always in the back of my mind. Now, in the 90s, when this happened, there wasn't the, um, the availability, the access of different things that we have today, um, from pregnancy resource centers to um, adoption agencies. I, was, I grew up in a, a small town here in West Michigan, and it was just, that wasn't supposed to happen. And so lots of fear, lots of uh, what are people gonna think? Um, there's so much that goes with that. So, um, yeah. So after that, in the safe delivery process, I was able to, um, meet 
the um, parents that um, originally or became his became his mom and dad. And um, yeah, that's where that's where my journey began with uh, the process uh, almost 29 years ago. Wow, 29. Yes. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, yeah. So, was would that be was, was that an ado- an open adoption, and meaning that you had connection with the parents during that time? Yeah. So, open, full open adoption was not super popular back in '94. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did do what we call a semi open adoption. Um, what that is is um, we had an agreement that I would get pictures and letters um, for the first five years of his life. And then afterwards, it would be on a not so regular basis. Um, And then, yeah, so it was it was kind of open, but not as open as they are today. Okay, okay. Ours actually was a closed adoption. So I understand the opposite of that. So um, in terms of when we adopted our daughter, that was a closed adoption. So that was why I was asking. Thanks for sharing that. Um, So as you were sharing, you shared some feelings, right? You shared about um, denial. Because you were saying, I if I'm pregnant, which mm-hmm. equals denial, right? Um, you, you were in that space. You also shared one other feeling of um, how people around you were really hurt by your decision. And, you know, honestly, can I just say, I have been pregnant. I don't know how I could have hid that from anybody. So I'm going to put that in the category of courage <laughs> and strength. Um, I could not have done that. Anyways, what were some other feelings that you felt during that time? Can you, can you identify? Because I'm thinking that maybe... A young girl is listening right now and going, what do I do? Is Are these feelings okay, right? So we'll get to that in a little bit. But right now, could you just share some other feelings that were really prominent in you during that time? The The first the first word that comes to my mind is fear. I, um, I was so scared. Um, and I think that's... Um, Again, lots of what will people think? What will my parents do? Um, again, being raised in a small town, there's just an overwhelming emotion of um, fear, insecurity. Um, yeah, it was it was hard. It was really hard. But I also remember um, the opposite side of my thoughts of if I'm pregnant of laying in bed at night and feeling him move. And it was just kind of like, um, it was just me and him. (laughs) Like we knew about each other. Wow. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hon. Wow. That is really powerful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know you as a mom as well in your mom season as well with other things and, and your heart is legit. Like you are. You're in the zone right now. And so thank you for sharing your tears and your heart, your soft heart in that space. It's okay. Your mascara is not running. It's all well. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so insecurities and fear. And, you know, in some situations, that kind of fear and those kinds of insecurities might lead an individual to make a different choice. And yet you chose life for your son right um so did that include naming him did you name him or did the parents that adopted him name him how did that go yeah so um just to breathe a little bit into that process of um making that decision you know there are other options that um are out there Mm -hmm. obviously the single parenting and then the option of abortion but again the um i knew life was i had to give this child life there was Mm -hmm. there was no doubt about it 
Um, what was the question? Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Um, did you name him or did oh, the yeah. adoptive parents name him? How did that go? So um, I actually um, named him and they chose to keep his first name that I had chosen and changed his middle name. Oh. So it was kind of cool that yeah. um, they they did choose to, to keep that first name. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we actually did the same thing with our daughter when we adopted her um, because I always felt like in our story from this side of the coin, right, um, that that was a gift that her birth mom had given her. And I just really felt like that was a powerful gift for her. And it really meant a bigger part of her identity. Um, so I'm always curious how that plays out in those kinds of situations. Absolutely. That's really cool. That's neat. So when you... Um, you know, I think one of the things we were thinking through was, were there, what were some of the challenges that you faced right out of the gates? So you decide to, um, you know, have your choose adoption for your son and he goes to the new family. What were some of your feelings or challenges? Were there challenges right after? Um, what, what did that season look like a little bit? That was, um, and I'll be honest with you that, uh, that, that season right afterwards, is very a blur. Um, your obviously your hormonal ups and downs of after having a baby. Um, there was an emptiness, um, as I mentioned before, you know, having those moments at night of like, okay, like we're the only two that know about each other. And, um, so there was, there was some emptiness and there was, um, a feeling of just kind of, no, full well knowing I made the right decision, but it was just like there were so many, there was different steps that still had to take place, like going to court, um, the finality that happens um, going through that. Um, and I know too, there was um, my mom was obviously in a position of shock, and then she released a grandson, and so there was emotions there. But you know, it's a uh, it's amazing how God orchestrates things. Mm -hmm. And, um, having lost my dad when I was, a when I was young and then my, my stepdad, um, had been on the receiving end of adoption, um, with my oldest sister mm -hmm. and, um, he was really a, a key part of me being able to understand the blessing that was being given to this family, um, and the joy that that was going to bring him. So it was just like, Again, how God orchestrates things is beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, you you said it was a blessing and I just got goosebumps because I do think about that in our story that it was a blessing and it is a blessing. We still, she's still in our family, but you know, to have that blessing, but then you're on the the giving end, right? If we can just say giving um, and, yeah. and you're, you're able to embrace that blessing. Um and so you're alluding to a little bit, like, how did you face that loss? So what were some other things that you did to kind of recover? Is that okay to say that? I mean, like, and heal, right, from yeah. that loss? Yeah. Um, lots of um, lots of conversation. There was a birth mom support group that I, um, I went to um, on a regular basis. Um, there was a gal who I met with through the adoption agency. Um, yeah, just walking it out. And it was, um, and you had to deal with some of those raw emotions. And then 
trying to deal with those at 16 was like, oh my word. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I knew how to process those mm-hmm. at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you find out as an adult that some of those emotions <laughs> come back out and you're like, oh, okay, now, now I get to deal with it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but over, um, over that period of time, it was just, um, yeah, that healing part definitely came with, um, lots of love from my parents and then just, um, leaning into other birth moms who had walked that. Nice. That walk. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so what I'm hearing you say is that when you're, you were facing that loss, you made sure to surround yourself with a solid support group and also the adoption agency folks. Um, but I think my favorite part in what you just said in no uncertain terms was that the love and the support from your parents, right? I think you and I both know many folks that have been rejected for the choices that they've made as teenagers, um, whatever it may be. And so a shout out to parents, please pull it together and stand by your kiddos, right? Um, we too have gone through some very challenging times with our, um, our children and, you know, they're all in their adult years now, but, um, if we don't stand by them and kind of be their backbone and be their voice and support and just love and surrender, um, then they're going to kind of repeat some of those not so great choices down the road as well. So we've, we've got to do better, right? As parents just kind of got to do better. So shout out to your folks. And I do know your mom. So shout out to your folks about that. Um, just that they would, yeah, that was great that they were able to love and support you through that. Um, and I'm sure they were also facing their own losses, right? So everyone was facing some of that. So, you know, it sounds like it brought your family together, this decision. Yeah. Um, definitely between my parents and I, my, um, there was a a period of time that my two biological brothers were, were very, um, upset Mm. and possibly disappointed. Sure. Um, And there was some verbalization, you know, they verbalized that with me. Um, obviously there's been healing since then. Nice. Um, there was lots of, uh, like just those moments of like, what are you doing? Like, what, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, so yeah, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, it was, um, and there's been redemption. Yeah. Um, and, so. Yeah, that's that's a strong word, right? Redemption. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I put that in the title of my book. Um, I am third redeeming the pain. Um, yes. We had to go through the process in order to experience that redemptive love, um, just the reconciliation, right, process with siblings in your story, as well as parents, and even, you know, with yourself, like, working through that. Um, so since then, have you had contact with your son? I mean, you said he's almost 30 now. So, Tell us a little bit about that. Everybody wants to know. So it's interesting how um, that part played out. Um, as you know, Kanita, um, back in 2016, Tony was diagnosed. Uh, my husband, Tony, was diagnosed with cancer. And as we walked his cancer journey, um, towards the end of that journey, he had said to me, one of the things that I regret is that I never got to meet Jake. And um, I was like, well, let's maybe we can make that happen. And, and just so we know that Jake is your first son that you. Correct. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And, um, so I said, you know, we can try. So I did email, um, his parents and, um, explained what was going on and just that Tony would really want just, that was one of his wishes. 
And um, they reached back out to me and said that they would talk with with him and, you know, see what what his thoughts were. So then um, it took a while. And when they came around, we were already at hospice. And so there was no opportunity for for Tony to meet him. Um, But I like to think that Tony initiated that because after Tony passed, um, three months later, we were reunited. And I had, they had, he was ready. And then obviously, like I said, we were, we were at hospice. And, um, so I just asked them, you know, I said, Hey, can you let me get through the holidays with Brendan? Um, my son now who I'm parenting with, with Tony and I had as our family. And, um, so then that February we, um, we were able to meet and we've, we've been in each other's lives the entire time. It was, um, that first hug was, um, you can't even explain it, mm-hmm. you know, because you hadn't, um, I hadn't held him since he was like, I don't know, a couple days old. Yeah. So to go from that to hugging a man was, it was, it was intense and, um, beautiful all at the same time. Oh, you know, and I'm, I'm a visual person, right? Like I, I see pictures in my head sometimes when people are talking and you're painting a picture of how, when he was an infant, you held him. And when he became an adult, he held you. Yeah. Ooh, right? yeah. And it was just like he gave you that gift back of the blessing and ah, more goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just so precious. Like, and I know that there's probably people listening going, well, that's never happened to me or it's not going to happen to, to me. And, and so, yeah, our hearts go out to them. But I think there's a lot of situations where these are really positive. And I feel like we just need a little good in the world right now. And here's some positive stories. And um, so... You know, as you you had contact with your son, and and yeah, I'm really sorry that Tony didn't get a chance to meet him. They would have loved each other. Tony would have just, I remember him well. Um, he would have gushed on him and probably given him some good advice as a young man, right? <laughs> Tony always had some great advice. Um, you know, so you've had contact with him, and you're continuing that. Can we rewind just a little bit, like when you're when you were you, you did get married, so to Tony, and you had a son, uh, Brandon, and so. How did they respond when you told them, you know, like when you told them for the first time, like, hey, so when I was 16, you know, narrative, yep. how, how did that go? Because, you know, nerves. <laughs> Definitely. So Tony and I's relationship was interesting. We actually met the summer I graduated from high school. Oh, boy. Uh, I remember. We, we dated for a couple years and uh, we broke up and then many years later reunited and then uh, married and all that. So I remember very vividly telling him um, when we started dating in 96, 97. Um, and that was just a couple years after. So it was still very fresh as to what happened. Um, and I remember telling him and showing him some of the pictures that I had um, had sent to me. And um, he cried. And he oh he was so loving and accepting of it. Um, it was... Yeah. And I, that just made me love him so much more. Cause it was oh. like, um, there were, there were people in my life. Um, after that happened, I had a, I had a boyfriend in high school and his mom wouldn't let me let his mom wouldn't let him date me because that had happened. Mm-hmm. And so it was when Tony, um, opened up and, and he just shared with me how strong he's like, you are you're amazing just it just how loving he was about it was was unreal 
Um, now, Brendan, <laughs> uh, Brendan didn't know until after Tony passed away. Okay. And um, there, there was, um, yeah, there was so much with that. Um, here we had lost Tony and then now he has a brother. And so sharing that with him was just like, I mean, he was, he was shocked, but he was so excited because he had a brother. And then, um, one thing he used to always say as a, as a, um, an only child is I'm never going to be an aunt or an uncle. I'm never Mm going to be, um, or have that experience. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was one thing that he very much was like, oh my goodness, I could be an uncle. And, um. So there was there was lots of um, joy that came from that, and um, their relationship is hilarious, actually. Um, Brendan and Jake, it's um, they pick on each other just like brothers, and um, yeah. <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been fun watching their relationship evolve, and um, yeah. So. Oh. That is so precious. And, you know, you said it, right? There was joy. There was so much joy in the midst of sorrow, which, you know what? I think a lot of people want to see that nice little bow on a situation like, oh, see, all is well and we've moved on. And and that's not what this is, because there is joy in the midst of that sorrow. Right. And just like in the very beginning of your narrative, 16 years old, the joy was this new life, but there's Mm -hmm. sorrow because there's loss. And so kind of traveling through your whole story and experiencing the joy in the midst of sorrow. And then you had that again when Tony passed. Um, And then you have it again when your son is meeting your first son, right? Your second son's meeting your first son and and they're brothers and it's going so well. And, and, you know, just so thankful for that. Um, There is joy in the midst of sorrow. And so I'm going to ask you a question, but it's not for me. It's for that young lady that's listening right now. And she's saying, what do I do? I am pregnant or I think I'm pregnant. What do I do? How do I handle this? What would be some key things you might want to tell her? Um, How can you help her find the joy in the midst of what might feel like sorrow to her? Um, And, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not drawing in any like, yes, they have to do the exact same thing you did. But could you, could you give them a little hope in this space? You know, you've come through your story. Um, you didn't just come to adoption. You went through adoption and you've continued to grow and gotten stronger and unfortunately continue to have to face losses in your story. But, you know, I've known you for so many years and I just see you getting stronger. I see you getting more joy filled. I see you still having that that spirit of tenacity. Right. I want these young women to experience that as well. Or maybe there's a boyfriend listening. And he's yeah. thinking, what do I do? My girlfriend's pregnant and we're not ready and da, 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 right? Like there's no judgment, but can you give people some hope right now as we come to a wrap up pretty quick? Yeah. So to that young gal or um, the young man who might be listening right now, my, um, I would encourage them that it's, it's going to be okay. That right now it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. Um, but things always have a way of working themselves out and um, God's got you and um, try and find people who are going to love and support you. Um, And then I would obviously encourage life. Um, The the thing about adoption is that 
in choosing adoption for my son was about giving him an opportunity to have a life that I could not give him whatsoever. Um, as a young 16-year-old, would have been a single mom, um, obviously parents around, but I would just encourage them to um, research every option out there um, and research adoption and talk to some people who have been there, listen to these podcasts, um, under, <clears throat> excuse me, understand other people's stories, and then reach out to an adoption agency and just get educated about, about what's there. But most of all, I would just offer uh, lots of love and encouragement that um, I'm not going to tell them that that journey is easy, but I'm going to tell them that it's worth it. Mm. And it does end up being a beautiful thing. That's precious. Thank you so much. Um, I remember telling our daughter um, when we were going through some really difficult times that seemed endless <laughs> at the time, but we eventually got through it, um, that I was thankful for two things that her mother had given her. The first was that her mother gave her life. Mm -hmm. And the second was that she gave her the blessing of adoption because we were then blessed by her. Um, and those were some hard things to say, especially in those tough times, right? But at the end of the day, it's like these kids matter. Um, all kids matter. And um, I just think you've just been really encouraging, Sue, today to, to me. And it's just such a joy to see you again. Um, but I think to the young people out there who are maybe straddling a decision or or sitting in a spot where they're just not sure what to do, um, for sure, check out your resources, right, um, is what you're saying. And surround yourself with people who will value you and make sure that you're, um, you know, being honest and truthful to people around you as well, right? So with that, did you have any anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, so I, back to if that gal was sitting in front of me, um, tell somebody, don't, if, I would never go back and change what happened. Um, the only thing I may have changed, and it would have probably changed the entire trajectory of how it all went, but um, I would have told somebody and I would have gotten medical attention during okay. that pregnancy. So, um, and then if there's, a, if there's a mom out there who's struggling with a daughter who's experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, um, love her. Hmm. Love her, love her, love her. It may be hard at moments because you've got your emotions of yourself, but um, yeah, just love on her. Yeah. Well, I second that because I am a mother whose 16-year-old daughter got pregnant and had her baby and we are grandparents now and we love that little honey. Um, but more importantly, we love our daughter and want to support her as well through that. And yeah, it's not easy. So sounds like we're both on this <laughs> kind of that whole spectrum. It's kind of a fun connection there, huh? Um, anything you want to add in closing? Oh, no, I, Kanita, I just want to thank you for allowing me to um, come on and talk with you. Um, I'm super passionate about adoption and um, the journey that it's brought me on um, and the journey that's that's out there. Um, there are so many families that are waiting um, that want nothing more than to have a baby mm -hmm. and um, because they either physically can't or, um, yeah, Adoption's a beautiful thing. I always call it the loving option of adoption. Mm. It is based on love. 
I like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Sue. I really appreciate having you. It was great to catch up and just really share something that's important to both of our hearts. Um, I too am very passionate about adoption and, um, you know, as my book explains a lot of it, but it's just such an important way to celebrate life, but then also allow that life to change us. I am such a better person, not bragging, I'm just saying, (laughs) I am such a different and better version of myself as a result of our experience, um, having adopted our daughter, uh, parenting our other children, but then also just making it about another life and not just about my own self and my needs. And so um, thank you for joining me. And to our guests out there, thank you for joining us today. Um, We hope that you enjoyed this session and we look forward to growing forward together um, as we, you know, kind of journey through our lives and face our decisions that uh, we come across again. So um, please know that you can reach out to me through my website at SEMA Global Consulting if you have any uh, questions. Um, And also, I will have a blog page at my website with Sue's links and some resources that she'll share with us um, over there so you can have some resources to connect with um, if you're going through an unplanned pregnancy or if you have someone in your story that might have that as well. Thank you for joining us, um, signing off, and I I bid you a good evening.